0: Episode 10, Communication, Verbal and Nonverbal Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Negotiations Paraphernalia, a series of podcasts that would cover everything around negotiations, one that will set you up for enrichment and excellence. I'm Krishna Panika, joining you from Dubai, continuing my creative pursuits during the COVID times by connecting with people across the globe to bring you interesting thoughts and invaluable insights. And I continue my conversation with Prakash Sugani, international negotiation skills trainer and a leadership coach. Hey Prakash, thanks again for joining. It is an absolute delight to be doing the 10th episode with you. I've been thoroughly enjoying each and every conversation, or should I say deep learning sessions with you. This also wouldn't have been possible without the overwhelming responses from our lovely listeners. So thanks again for the continued support. Talking about today's topic, communication, I think this is one area where learning never stops and I believe a good communicator would always be a good negotiator. Effective communication is key. So let's get into it.
1: Yes, Krishna. Always a pleasure to be back, and yeah, communication is such a critical component for negotiation. A classic study was done in 1978 by Ellen Langer from Harvard University. Three types of actors were asked to break a queue waiting to get photocopies. First set of actors were to ask, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use a Xerox machine? Second set of actors asked, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use a Xerox machine because I have to make copies? And the third set of actors were supposed to ask, excuse me, I have five pages. May I use a Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? The results, first group got a 50% success rate. The third group got a 93%. And the most surprising element in this whole survey was that the second group who said, may I use Xerox machine because I have to make copies, got a 92% success rate. Despite the fact that two, the second group showed no logic whatsoever in terms of why did they want to break that queue, they were still allowed simply because they gave an explanation by using because. The words we use are very important in negotiation. And we also know that actions speak louder than words. And so if the words can make and have such a big impact, imagine how impactful our actions could be. Or in other words, our words which are the verbal communication we use, but also our non-verbal communication. If we can take care of these two elements while negotiating, there's a huge amount of impact I can create on the other party. Now I look at communication as getting the right response. As long as I get what I want, I'm an effective communicator. It's not so much about using profundical language, some lovely gymnastics or words, trying to you know, use a certain way of speaking. not necessary. If you can get the results you want, even through just looking in a certain fashion or a certain gesture that you make, you're an effective communicator. So whilst we do take care of verbal communication, we need to also take care of non-verbal communication. So what are the elements of verbal communication? We have the C's which are, we have to be clear, we have to be concise, we have to be complete, and we have to be concrete. And we look at non-verbal communication, we've got to take care of our eyes. And so they say, look into our eyes and tell me, did you have the cookie from the cookie jar? So it's important for us to maintain eye contact. Face. The face is the index of the mind and it reveals a lot. So what is their face revealing? Does it reveal confidence? Does it reveal composure? Your hands. You know, the way you're actually using your hands. Many a times your hands and the way you use that can actually say whether you are being assertive, aggressive, you're being open, you're being... Uh, somebody who's honest and candid, proxemics, how close are you to a person when you're actually communicating talking? We have a personal space. We have an intimate space, but we also have a public space. And so we've got to be a little bit aware of all these things when we communicate and negotiate the handshake, and of course, addressing all these have a huge amount of add on to what is it that we are actually doing in that particular space.
0: Okay, the face and handshakes are out of the question now because of the social distancing in place. But but you mentioned about the three Cs, clear, concise, and considerate. Would you please explain a bit more?
1: So when you look at the Cs of communication, clear, when I say clear in communication, it means that I should say what I mean and I must mean what I say. The more clear my communication is, the better it is when we actually close a deal and move forward because if I'm not clear now, there's so many fuzzy things that other people might just pick up and assume. And that is not a very good way to to close a negotiation. So clarity is king. Then comes being concise, concise. We say K-I-S-S, keep it short, sweetie. So you don't have to use too many words if you could do with just one or two. And being considerate means we are trying to ensure that I'm courteous with the other person who I'm speaking to. And I'm being kind, I'm listening. I'm allowing the other person to also speak to me. I'm not just barging through and cutting the person off before the person completes sentences. And also I'm being complete in my communication. So if the person is being concise, it's important that you give the full information. Don't be so concise that you're not able to give the complete information that's required for that moment. And just to get back, when you speak of courteous and considerate, you know, there's this beautiful saying that who you are speaks so loud that I can't hear what you're saying. So when you're considerate and when you're being a person who's really respectful, then your communication is effective. So these are certain important elements that we take care of. Some other important aspects of communication are precise pricing. Now, there were three professors of Berkeley who carried out a research on whether we should quote whole numbers or precise numbers. They studied millions of offers made in eBay. They put possessions up with a fixed price, and they allowed others to bid against it. They found that the round numbers had poorer results than precise numbers. Precise numbers suggest logic, reason. So next time you want to make an offer for 10 million, think again, set the price at 9,835,000. The more precise you are in your numbers, people look at it as logical, reason, that you have probably thought through every component of the cost before you put that price out there. The other aspect in communication is anchoring. The first offer who makes the first offer in a negotiation steers the entire negotiation from there on. So if you have enough information, be the first to make your opening offer. If you don't have enough information, then allow the other person to go ahead and make their opening offer. But just be aware that whoever makes an opening offer all your negotiation gets anchored from that point of view. See how you can quickly get the other person to know that you are aware of their unreasonable opening offer in case they make a very, very uh, ridiculous opening offer. And you have to be light, and you probably just have to be a little humorous when you hear them say something that is ridiculously off the market. Say, well, (laughs) you know, I'm not talking about uh, currency, which could be much lesser, for example, if you are talking in dollars and it gives you a very ridiculous price, we should say, well, I don't think you're talking about rubles over here. So let's kind of get a little bit more real with a negotiation. Or they might give you a very way off offer and you say, well, this negotiation is going to take a very long time, looks like. So why don't we cut the chase and get down to being more serious about what is it that we're ready to offer or put on the table? So that's how we're, we're, we are able to tackle prices which are really ridiculous. Uh, and the last one I'd like to talk about is Bouverism. Now, this is the take it or leave it technique. It's a kind of a pressure tactic that was made popular by Lamuud Bulware, who was a former vice president of General Electric. And what he used to do was, he used to put pressure on his vendors. He would call them in for a meeting and he would just say, I want you to reduce your proposal or your existing contract by 10%. You only have two options. You either say yes, or you say no and take your business elsewhere. This type of negotiation was hardballing and extreme. Works for a short while, but sooner or later, it would put vendors in a state where they either find other places to business or they will cut corners and compromise on safety and quality. Ultimately, it's important to be a sincere and active listener. When you're doing all these beautiful ways of communicating with your verbal and non-verbal elements, great listening is critical. Nelson Mandela is considered to be a great leader and had a very nice way of winning people over. When asked for his secret, he said he had picked up this one quality from his dad. And he used to see that his dad would be invited into meetings where he would be a chairperson for, but he would be the last person to actually speak. Everybody would have spoken and his dad would be the last to speak. In that way, what he would actually do is he would be able to use whatever he heard from everybody else when he spoke and because everybody else has already spoken and he was listening, now they are all ears and they want to listen to what you have to say. And there's a huge amount of buy-in in that. And so listening is a skill that you don't learn in schools or anywhere else, but it's an
0: absolutely critical skill in, in negotiations. Wonderful. If I may also add something. I've heard this and also consider it to be true all those non-verbal communication that you spoke about, it really plays a big role, even if you're not communicating face to face. For example, if I'm talking to someone over the phone and I'm doing it whilst I'm relaxing on the couch and pretty laid back, I am far from communicating effectively. There is some way the other person, you know, catches those vibes. So I try to be as enthusiastic, as involved with all those body movements and gestures as I would in person, you know. So, yeah, just wanted to add that there. Thanks very much, Prakash, and look forward to the next episodes.
1: Well, thanks, uh, Krishna. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, And I'm always happy for the lovely listeners. And I hope you'll be enriched as always keep your seatbelts fastened because we got more coming your way. Adios.
0: Thank you to all the listeners out there. Like always, please keep listening, sharing and supporting. Until next time, stay safe and take care.